Thank you for listening. Today's a very important day. You guys are all going to hit the voting. It is my pleasure to bring in DB, KTC, and RC. Tremendous voices in the world of sports. <laughs> Enjoy today's episode of Sports and More from the 604. Thank you, Barack. Thank you, Barack. We live. Episode 12. Episode the Dirty 12. Dozen. The Dirty Dozen, man. We were just talking about this a couple minutes ago. <laughs> 12 episodes. I, I was I was just talking to KTC off wax about this. Is, is, is episode 13 going to be lucky or unlucky for us? KTC said a resounding lucky. He's feeling lucky. So, Yo, I'm feeling good about all these shows. They, I, I feel great about all of them. But yes, thank you, Barack slash RC slash <laughs> Mr. Impersonation slash Mr. Steal Your Girl slash <laughs> <we'll> <laughs> uh, SM604 Sports and More from the 604. We're back in the booth, man. It's episode 12. I feel like I haven't been here for a long time. This we need to do twice a week, man. We these gotta we- bring it up. These weekly pods, I just I miss you guys too much. I miss talking to the people. We gotta do this more often, man. Yeah. Hashtag SM604. Hit us up if you guys want to hear this twice a week. We're thinking about tossing in some sort of side pods here and there with with sort of special content and things that we don't always have time to squeeze in on uh, on the regular pod so let us know give us your feedback let us know what you think instagram uh twitter at sports and more 604 uh we're on facebook as well and anywhere you want to subscribe to your podcast apple itunes spotify google play you name it we're on there uh catch us catch us on a sunny day or Vancouver or whatever kind of weather or like rc said at the, with the uh with the special guitar <laughs> performance last week you can cozy up next to your man, fireplace I with a glass a, of wine I, and yeah i missed a hell of a live show oh, eh man, we man were, coco was looking for you you're that long lost cousin <laughs> that he was looking for man disney disney's disney's gonna come a calling for their next special man. coco sm604 special i was i was, remember me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was I was sitting here in the booth like jaw dropping like man I didn't know your fingers could do that kind of shit with the guitar man like, you sounded really good it's a long lost passion man a long uh, lost passion yeah I traded it in for basketball right around grade uh, right around grade eight or grade nine I just it was I was telling DB like you got the art academy on one side of the street and you got the basketball gym Deportivo Revolucion that's right yeah. shout out shout out to Deportivo Revolucion shout out Deportivo man. and I ended up taking a, taking the basketball route but fuck it what could have been one of these days and for for the listeners to provide a little bit of context uh, RC and I and KTC we've all been in the same fantasy basketball league for this is our third year second, second, second year second year, second yeah. year. RC took the name Deportivo Revolucion for his uh, yeah. for his fantasy name, and I and I asked him last year. I'm like, "What is that?" And it's 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 your hometown gym. Yeah, right. That's the gym I learned to play ball in. That is the sickest name for a childhood gym to like <laughs> learn how to hoop on. Is like Deportivo Revolucion. Like I like I, I grew up on like fucking James something court. Like you know what I mean? Like nothing special. <laughs> That's sick, man. That's a sick place. To, like I would feel like I would want to grow up to be a pro if I balled on a hoop. Court Dude, like it was it was the kind of no bullshit gym right like uh it was uh, it was obviously on the government funded in mexico nice. so um the coach had no incentive to fucking treat you right like you show up you pay she doesn't make money off of what you pay you she screams that. at you if she fucking feels like if it. they want to yeah yeah this lady she was like she was like the one player ever for my state in the female rank to make it 
to the national team. She was a shooter. Wow. And she was a no-bullshit kind of coach. She was famous around town for never having a heart. Just like every single huddle, every single timeout, this lady is just running a fucking train up your ass. Like, you're an idiot. You did this wrong. You shouldn't shoot. You're, you're, you're like, dude, hard love, tough love. That's how I was brought into the world of basketball. No, you got to so fix your flaws day, out there. To this day, man, if I go to a coach or a personal trainer or any kind of like direction in sports, if they're soft, I'm out. Fair enough. Damn. I'm out. Fair enough. I need but yo, the world, life, the world needs more people like back. that though <laughs> the world really does more need more people like that you know it's getting soft out there and we do need a tough love Fuck yeah. And you know what, man? I, I know they say guitars get the girls, but guitar is also a good way to keep the girl you got. And I, and I got a fiance, and I can tell you right now, if you teach me how to play the strings like that, she might love me on a whole nother level. So, yeah, I'll, make it some, I'll get some private lessons from you later. We digress. Hashtag SM604. That was fun. You had to be here to see that performance. RC pulling out his best Carlos Santana. Episode 11. Episode Last three minutes. Episode 11. Yeah. Today, and I'm just going to preview this real quick because we're going to wait a few minutes before we talk about it but it's a topic that the three of us have been just dying to get after and have a little bit of uh, of healthy debate which i think is going to be maybe a little bit more than healthy but we are going to talk the biggest rivalries in sports history and i can't wait to talk about it but before we do that we got to talk a little bit national football league man The Niter the Niter games were okay. Ooh. The Sunday was packed. Okay, are you games. kidding me? The goat games. versus the goat. That was well, a no, great no, that game, game. That, that game was great. I mean, more the um, I think the Thursday Niter was nothing special, but uh, but overall the week was awesome. Amazing week. We are over halfway through the season now. Teams know what they are. Teams know what they're not. You know, injuries are becoming a factor. We're starting to figure, we're starting to separate the contenders from the pretenders is, is a good way to summarize that. So, KTC, just some general thoughts on the week, man. We're not going to spend too much time because we're dying to get into these rivalries, but thoughts from NFL Week 9. Week 9 showed that right now, if the playoffs start today, is a four-horse race. You got the Saints, who I think right now is the best team in the NFL for what, what they just did. You know what? You're, you're. I don't agree, but you're not alone. You're not alone in thinking that. The New Orleans Saints, with how they just dismantled yep. the previous best team, they just took the top, top dog. Yep. Second, I'm going to give it to the Rams. I think the NFC has the two powerhouses. And the, Are the other two in the AFC? The other two are in the okay. AFC. I got to give it to my boys. Number 12, the real number 12, being the little number 12. That was a great game. That was a great game. And you got the Chiefs up there. I would have to agree that those are probably the four teams that we're going to see in the two conference championship games. If, if all things stay equal and there's no yeah. injuries and, and whatnot, I... I really start. I, I agree with you. I know you know we should we should have a difference of opinion, but I really agree that starting to shape up like Chiefs and Patriots in the AFC Championship, and um, Rams and Saints in yeah. uh, in in the uh, in the NFC. Um, but there are some contenders emerging that want to put their name into the ring, and I, a few that stick out to me. Um, let's not forget about who's gonna win that NFC North division. Not that they're going to go all the way, but they're going to be whoever wins that division is going to be a problem for whoever's going to come out of the NFC. And I'm talking about the Vikings 
and those fucking Chicago Bears. Bears, right? Or the Pack Show. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. It just doesn't look like they have it figured out. But what what happened a few years ago when he's like, run oh, the table? Yeah, man. exactly. I think we have to run the table. He says, and there they go. So you know that th- that's a tough division. I think whoever wins that division is going to be a problem for for the uh, for the Saints or for the Rams. Uh, the Seahawks, they're not for real, man. No. At four and four, like uh, eight and one. The, the the Rams are running away. Well, the with two that, dark that horses that I have outside of the four that you and I just mentioned are the two teams that are playing this Thursday night. Oh, I mean, the, Pan- the Panthers and uh, yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely looking strong. So I was going to move into the AFC. Uh, don't forget about Houston, man. Were they on a five game or a six game win six streak? Game. Unbelievable. You know, yeah. Deshaun Watson's playing well. Um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, we've we've talked about him enough. I mean, he is the best receiver in the game yeah, today. He, he is he is in the conversation for the most skilled talented receiver the in the best. world <laughs> um, who so got like, robbed of a catch of a year on yeah. Thursday and and that and that text and that Houston defense really looks good so so don't don't sleep on them I think they're gonna run away with the division we talked about Pittsburgh nobody's really competing with them especially with AJ Green being going down for Cincinnati now I think Pittsburgh's gonna gonna take that division pretty handily um, the Chiefs we are the, the Chiefs have real competition from the Chargers Phillip Rivers is having a renaissance here uh, which is interesting to see and, I'm and happy to see that. I'm, ha- I'm happy to see A it lot too. of people like to cheer against Phillip Rivers, but you know what? A lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon because yeah. these are like his twilight years. And you know what? He's having a silent MVP candidate yeah, year A silent too. MVP year. Absolutely. I completely agree. And just wait until Joey Bosa gets up to speed. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that team could be a problem too. So I, I agree with you on the top four. Um, Patriots, Chiefs, and the AFC. And uh, Saints and uh, Saints and Rams in the NFC, but the dark horses that I think are going to be a problem: Chargers, Steelers, Texans, and uh, in the on the NFC side, you know maybe sprinkle in a little Bears, Vikings, and Packers for, <laughs> for good measure. It's so. funny how you know a few weeks ago you and I were saying all it's all NFC, but now it's kind of you know now the AFC is stepping the up. The AFC is starting to step up. They and heard and they responded. It could be a tale of two halves, man, in, ter- in terms of the season, right? Lots half, of football left, though. Lots. We're halfway there, so that's kind of that's kind of it from week nine. We don't need to recap any of the games, but but general storylines. Yeah. yeah, people the people saw what was going on, so that was exciting, man. Um, what do you th- what do you got in store for for week ten KTC? What do you think are some exciting games? We already talked about the Thursday nighter. I think that one is going to be one of the games of the week. Cam Newton and company going into Heinz Field and playing the Steelers. We'll talk about that when we make our pickums. Um, other than that, I'm not sure if there's any other you know really crazy ones. You know Saints and Bengals, but but again with AJ Green going down. Uh, I think the Saints are going to run away with that one. Patriots aren't going to have any problem with the Titans, so I don't know. Are you going to be paying attention still? Or? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to sleep on the Titans. I think they got good defense. No, they do. They do. They do. And, um, you know, I, I say it every week, man. America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, are going to be playing Philly on the <laughs> Sunday night. <laughs> Fuck. We don't want to see Dallas in prime time. No, but just get him what? off a schedule. <laughs> I was happy to see Amari Cooper get a touchdown grab. So you know what? Good, good for Amari Cooper. If he can find a home in Dallas, I'm happy for him because he's he's a, he's a really talented receiver, and I think he maybe just needed a change of scenery. And you know, looking back at the dumpster fire that that is the Oakland Raiders, I think he's probably feeling pretty fortunate to be out of there now. Man, John Gruden, that hundred million dollar man, with how he just gutted the Oakland Raiders and especially when Oakland two years ago promised they were going to contend for a Super Bowl as long as they stay in Oakland and what a broken promise that was 
that it, it's amazing to me how like I, I really hope Gruden has something up his sleeve because on the surface it just looks like he's just fucking around and like intentionally rebuilding like, yeah but but you're not even rebuilding in the sense of thinking you're gonna have a better team on the on the out on the outside you know what i mean but i get it when you're rebuilding if you know you're at the bottom of the barrel but they were you know they were they were in the middle of pack in the entire nfl <sighs> i just don't get it man you had cleo mack you yeah. traded him i know you got two first round picks but damn those first round picks can just end up being nothing I know, I know. So the Mari Cooper trade, I think they they won that trade. Yeah, getting a first round pick is is a great great trade. Yeah. But uh, I mean, who knows, man? Nobody wants to see the Raiders anymore, and I and I thought they might be a team that kind of might get their act together, but no such luck. So. Well, there's gonna be two parts to this story, and what Gruden is doing right now is you know m- making a case to for him to actually keep that 10-year contract alive because now he's gonna get all these first round picks. Now he's gonna have the time to to uh, build on those first round picks. So he's, he's buying himself time. But if I was a Raider fan, damn, I'd be choked. 100%, man. On that note, we'll uh, we'll buzz real quickly into the pickums because I, I think only one of them is really exciting. <laughs> it's really exciting this week. Fuck. So um, we are through nine weeks now, which means we're through, what's that, uh, 28 pickums. We're through 28 pickums so far. I have accomplished my goal so far, and I've beaten Vegas so far. I've gotten ahead of the pickums. I'm now sitting at 15 and 13 nice. against the Vegas spreads on the Niner game. So I'll dirty. Give, yeah, I'll give myself a little pat on the back. You know, finally got above 500. KTC, it was looking really ugly there for a minute, bro. But you you've strung together a couple of wins now, and um, and it's it's looking a little bit more respectable, and you still have a shot. You're sitting at 12 and 16 against the Vegas spread, so you're down three games to me. Uh, but uh, but you, you went two and one this week since we had the same picks last week, and, and you're keeping pace, bro. So you know what? All it takes is one good. But it's just like a basketball right game, man. It's in, all gonna man. come down to the fourth quarter. All right, so I'll uh, as the reigning champ, I guess I'll take uh, take the first pick. KTC, why don't you lead us in, bro? Carolina. Carolina? Yeah, Carolina, Carolina in Heinz Field. Yep. Panthers on the road right now. Yep. Heinz Field, Steelers favored four and a half. Yep. Who you got, brother? This one is really interesting. You know, and, and, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be watching I think I'm gonna be watching. You better be watching, man. I feel like it's I like the best game of the week. I feel like I got something. You gotta be watching. Home, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to find a way to watch. Um the the Panthers who Really haven't He's been. On tear. They're on a tear, but but people have just kind of started paying attention now. You know, I feel like they've quietly. It's a very quiet six and two that they're sitting at. But they got to chase the Saints, and they have a chance to chase the Saints. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a very quiet six and two that they're sitting at. Um, the Steelers are a different team at home than they are on the road, so you know I think the Heinz Field factor plays into it a little bit. Uh, Roethlisberger's got it figured out. You know, the, the Le'Veon Bell thing is still looming large, but James Conner is getting like 20, 25 carries a game, and he's looking like an absolute stud beast. Like, they're not missing Le'Veon at all. You know, so I, I think it's really going to come down to, to defense late. Um, I, I think the Steelers are going to win this game, but I'm going to take the Panthers with the points 
because four and a half is just a little bit too much of a spread uh, for, for two teams that are really playing well. I see this coming down to a field goal. So give me the Panthers uh, plus the points. Nice. Well, I'm surprised you said that because you did say, you know, Steelers are a different team on they at are. Heinz than they are on the road, and they, they are. are they're good on Heinz. They are. Whereas Carolina is really bad on the road. Being a short week, being a short preparation, I'll take the Steelers then. Give me those points. Yep. Give me uh, the cover. I think the, the short week is, is the real kind of difference maker that it could be. Um, the Panthers are are one and two on the road, but they've only played three games away from away from home. So, you know, I, I just think that they're going to defensively clamp down. That defense has been showing more lately, and, and it, who, who knows? The Steelers might blow it out, but I, I think it's going to finish within a field goal. So, finally, it's taken us two weeks, but we're on different sides of the fence. Thank God. <laughs> All right, so let's move into the Sunday nighter, which I think uh, you know I think could be a good game. You know, we got we have America's team, the Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh my God, I can't even say it with a straight face. I just can't. Jerry Jones just out there defending his team got, left, got, right, center. Jerry from the Jones, media Dak, and Zeke and Cooper heading into Philadelphia to play the Eagles, and the Eagles at home. Are a six and a half point favorite, Mr. KTC. Who you got? Man, I don't like N- NFC uh, East Sunday night games. Man, they they always play each other tight. These guys definitely know each other well. Oh, but I can't take the Cowboys, man. It, it does seem like Sunday night games are always close, hey? For some fucking for, for, weird especially reason. these NFC East yeah. teams. Yeah. But man, I can't take the Cowboys, dude. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take the Eagles. Six and a half, whatever. I'm just gonna take the <laughs> Eagles. They're figuring it out right now at the right time. Carson Wentz is, you know, he's he's better now than when he first came back a month ago. Oh, absolutely. That man. defense, I think, is stringing together some good stops right now um, in key times. But damn, that's a that's a bad spread for me. But whatever, I'm just gonna take the Eagles here. It's it's a hell of a divisional um, it's a hell of a divisional matchup and and certainly one that's going to matter for both these teams since they're only separated by one game. So whoever gets this one will take the lead or not take the lead of the division but will will, will take over second place in the division and that's really big for for having a chance in the wild card. The Eagles are coming on as of late. Carson Wentz looks not like an MVP candidate again yet, but he looks like a stud starting quarterback. Um, they're gonna have, I think they're gonna have all of their receiving weapons. Am I am I wrong? They're they're only really out Jay Ajayi in the backfield. So yeah. I think they've pretty much got all of their offensive weapons. That backfield is still a mess, but if Wentz is gonna chuck it like he's like he has been, it ain't gonna matter. And if if the Cowboys are gonna drop two touchdowns and and not come up clutch in the big moments of a game at home, how are they gonna do it on the road when they're one and four? So I'm going to side with you. I'm going to take the Eagles minus the six and a half points. They're going to win by a touchdown or more. No love for America's team, man. No, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Even when they're the smart pick, nobody can and still like pick Like I said, I'm, I'm cheering for Amari Cooper. I still have him on my fantasy team. But other than that, whatever. It's, beca- <laughs> it's, it's, be- it's because of Zeke that I lost last week. So fuck them. <laughs> Moving along here. We got the Monday night game. Yeah. We got... You you got the Giants going into Levi Stadium. This is Stadium. the best Niner game of all time. Giants and Niners. Woo! Man, two bottom feed feeding teams again. NFL, thank you for this poor scheduling. 
thank you for giving us another snoozer that involves the freaking giants. But you know what? Here we are making the night games anyways. I know, like, what are we, like, what are we talking about here? We're talking what? about practice, yeah, yeah, These guys <laughs> this, aren't practicing, this man. Should, this should be a practice <laughs> game, man. There's a lot. Oh, man. What's the spread on this one again? Two and a half. Two and a half. Levi and the, uh, the boys in Levi stadiums are favored. San Francisco's favored. Your pick, man. Man. What a brutal game. What if <laughs> just... And it's only for consistency that we're going to pick on this game, but... Um, you know what, man? Get me on the Nick Mullins bandwagon. Fuck it. Why not? He looked good last week. He was throwing the ball. He looked confident out there. And uh, and the Giants are an absolute tire fire. And it's only two and a half points. I mean, the, the, all San Fran needs to do is win by a field goal. Matt Breida's still running pretty well. Um, and, and you know what? Like, Don't count out a guy like Marquise Goodwin um, against a, a secondary in the Giants that they lost Eli Apple. Now who do they have, right? I, I think I think if you get Marquise Goodwin caught up in open space, like he's gonna take off. He's in my in my view, he's the second fastest second fastest man in the NFL, second to Tyree Kill. Uh, so you know what? Don't let him get loose. So yeah, man, give me give me the Niners minus the two and a half. I'll take it. Nick Mullins, baby. Man, Nick Mullins had a game against the Raiders, <laughs> hey. He looked good. He actually looked really yeah. good. Right before that game started, I was I was joking with a buddy. I'm like, man. I know Kaepernick was on the Niners, and you know there's the whole controversy. But it's like if anybody's gonna give Kaepernick a job, it should be the Niners, right? Like why not? And this would have been the perfect time for them to sign him as a even as a backup to Nick Mullins. Like how do you not? Who's the backup to Nick Mullins now? That's my question. Well, Bether is healthy. He's the backup now. Oh, is he back they're, healthy yeah, now? They're okay, giving Mullins a start hurt. right now because you know the guy almost put up a perfect quarterback rating. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I thought Gruden was tanking that game though. Man. I thought Bethard was still hurt. So it's like, at what point, you know, at what point do you and I get signed ahead of Colin Kaepernick on a roster? <laughs> Damn, I think we're a long way, but yeah, I get but your Mullins point. looked good. He looked good. He looked good. So what are you going with? Oh man, San Fran is a smart pick. But I just feel like the Giants has to win at some point. Of, at some point, I almost feel like Eli's whole career, <laughs> <laughs> like his legacy, like this two-time Super Bowl MVP, rides like, on one game. It just right, like the Giants can't go this season with just one win, and I think they're gonna play hard in this game. Every time I pick the Giants, it's probably the reason why I'm down fucking three. And probably the reason why I'm going to be down four this time next week. But I'm just going to go with the Giants here. I love it. I'm just going to say that this game and, and is for the Giants, like Eli Manning's legacy here. And, I think and they're going to get the uh, win here. Okay, great. And I think you're down <laughs> three because you have rationale like, the Giants can't lose forever, can they? <laughs> so, you know what? Take that logic. And, and I love it, man. So, you know, we're on, we're on separate sides of the fence for two out of the three games. We agree on the Eagles game. So I think this is good. This is a chance for you to either catch up or for me to uh, separate myself uh, from you a little bit further. Come so. on, Eli. <laughs> Those are the Niner <laughs> games. Those are your pick And as we say every week, we do not condone illegal gambling unless nope. it is legal in your state or province or territory or part of the world where you come from. Know your limits. Play within them. Exactly. However, Mr. RC, Mr. KTC, what are these? These are fucking locks, son. Locks. Lock it up. Put Take your house on it. Bank, man. 
Put your take a loan and put it on. Put your mortgage like refinance and and double down on these locks. Both your kids, their college fund, just put it on it. Your wife's credit card, just put it on. Locks. <laughs> this is almost like wannabe rappers that will get into the booth of like they come out of there. I just laid down bars, <laughs> bars. These are locks. Anyway, these are locks, man. Take them to the bank, especially my three, because, you know, I am above 500. So ride with your boy DB, KTC pulling up the rear. But, you know, there's still lots of time left. Lots of football left. Speaking of football, we're done with it. We're going to move on. We're going to segue on out. And I just can't wait. I, I, I'm, I'm actually, like, jumping in my seat right now because we've been wanting to do this debate for over a month. And I'm not going to waste any more time, man. Let's just get right into it. Yeah. We are going to talk sports, the sporting world's biggest rivalries of all time, of mankind, forever and ever, the biggest rivalries in sports. Crazy. Just crazy, man. Bars. <laughs> it took a while. It took a while. Let's, let's each take a moment, all right? And, you know... Because we're, we're serious here. We're professional. This is all fucking professional, yeah. certified, doctorate, PhD level analysis that we're going to provide the yeah, people. These, so yeah, we're, we're, we're pros, man. Locks. KTC, <laughs> what do you look for in a rivalry that really sets it apart? Oh, I like this. Okay. Headlines, man. I want to see the headlines. And I, when I see the headlines... I just want to have a feeling like I am going to do everything that I can to watch that game. Yeah. That's how I see a big rivalry. And you know what? There's quite a few, and it was difficult to pick. We're sure, I'm sure we're going to get into it, but man, like, and... I think that's a really good way to define it, too, is like how, how badly am I drawn to this game? Like, yeah. Like, how much am I going to fuck up with the rest of my schedule to, to plan around... Yeah. Like, this, that this is my day. Yeah, Everything that exactly. happens is around that. I, exactly, yeah. Whatever else I'm doing with my life or my day is planned around that event, right? And, and like, I think that's that's a really good way to qualify it, man. RC, what, what, what do you think defines classic all-time rivalries to you? You know what, man? I, I was wrestling with this the entire week since we set out because um, there, are, there are noisy rivalries, that under deliver sometimes for sure and there are silent assassins that put their talent against one another and you can see this match repeat itself two times in a year and then two times the next year and you're like fuck the the difference that sets these two competitors apart is razor thin mm -hmm. um so, so I, I brought like with you guys rivalry, yeah. so to speak all right yeah. so i'm i'm gonna bring to the table a couple rivalries that I distinctly fucking love because of the level that these two competitors. I won't give it out. I won't, go, I won't say yeah, too yeah, much yeah, about yeah, it, yeah. but when there's a margin that is razor thin between them, that's what I like. I'll tell you guys what what does it for me in the context of of rivalries, and I, and, and we're talking all time rivalries, like things that you tell your kids about, and and you know your parents told you about all that shit. Um, and and KTC, you kind of alluded to it with with the story, and I and and the word that I'll choose is is the narrative, right? What is the narrative, both inside and outside of the game or the series or the event or whatever it is, right? Does this, do these, does this rivalry, does it transcend 
the actual box score of the game and move itself into the culture, into the society. And there are events over time that have done that. And, and those to me are the ones where it's like, these are, these are moments in time, right? Like you don't, you don't even talk about some of these things as sports rivalries. You just talk about them as like literally societal or cultural moments, right? So for me, that, that narrative where it kind of transcends itself outside of the sport is what really sets some of these rivalries apart from the rest. So I think without further ado, man, let's, let's dive right in. I, I think all of us are probably going to have a, a favorite rivalry, you know what I mean? So I think what we could do, because we, we, we can dive in on this for a while. So why don't you guys give us what you think is the best rivalry? And then we can also talk about our own personal favorite rivalries, which may Got be it. different from what we think is is the best rivalry out there. And then we can throw in some some honorable mentions for for good measure. So fuck yeah, man. yeah, Mister RC, why, why don't why don't we yeah lead us off, man? You're the lead off here. I'm ready to go, man. So this one is this one is a close to heart one, right? Because um, as you guys know, your boy RC, native Mexican. Now I'm Canadian, but growing up, um, well, you're both right? sometimes. Uh, I spent a lot of time with my with my aunt and uncle. My aunt being from uh, the Iberian Peninsula, precisely from Barcelona, Spain. Oh no way! And her her dad, my my I cousin's grandfather, he was a rugby coach for FC Barcelona back in the day. And my aunt's brother, because she's politically we're not blood, but she, my aunt's brother played rugby for football club Barcelona. No so shit. when I was growing up, and I was close to my aunt's side of the family, it was like. Who do you support? Barca no or Real Madrid? No way. And man, if you said Real Madrid, you may as well not fucking be hungry that night because yeah. you ain't getting shit food on your plate. You're not you know even going to sleep in the house. You no, know, no, no. Get the fuck out of here, buddy. <laughs> so my number one close to heart biggest rivalry in sports, Football Club Barcelona, Barca against Real Madrid. Absolutely. El Clasico, Absolutely. the one match that stops the world, okay? It happens twice a year in La Liga. It probably happens towards the end of the Copa del Rey. And now we're seeing it more and more in the Champions League because both teams are pushing for it. This rivalry goes back to Spanish fucking history, right? Yeah, like it, it, it gets Spain, into like fucking history, Before man, World yeah. One, Spain, as you guys may know, Franco, fascist dictator, came in and just kind of... Uh, frustrated the Catalan Catalan province where Barcelona is. Um, there's politics. There's different language. There's different cultures. To this day, Catalonia wants to in be independent from Spain. So there's just so much mixed in this rivalry. Why it's special personally? After I graduated, uh, when the fuck? Let me age myself here. When did we grad? 2011, right? From college? Yeah, 2011. Well. You did. I, I spent an extra couple of years, not because I'm dumb. Six or four listeners. I, I work. I work my ass off. But extra yeah, tw 2011. 2011 for you. I uh, I got my I got my degree in 2013. So January of 2012, I had my first trip to Spain. Yeah, you're a and fresh. On graduate. my birthday, January 30th, Barcelona played Real Madrid in the Copa del Rey, and I got to I got to check this game out. Oh my god! And why I think that I witnessed the peak of this rivalry is because on one side of the of the of the field you had Cristiano Ronaldo yeah on the other side of the field you had Lionel Messi yeah 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 in Barcelona I saw this match most electrifying fucking ambient ever people were screaming everything and one more thing and this is the only rivalry that I'm going to mention where I include 
the coaches. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Joseph Mourinho, Pep Guardiola. They fucking hate each other. Yeah. Okay? Mourinho is probably the most controversial coach in sports. Right. Pep Guardiola, the only coach to win it all. He won Champions League, King's Cup, Super Cup, International Cup, World, uh, World Cup. He won it everything. Wow. He won everything. So I was there 2012, number one, my biggest rivalry in sports. Barcelona what was what was what was the lead up like on the day that you went to the game like just being around the stadium walking into the stadium oh, yeah. like that you knew that you were about to witness something special fuck yeah right and the people around you they feel the same way Not, what was it I think it was 98,000 people at the stadium oh you're at Cap Now I was at the Cap Now um you know, my first time in Barcelona, living the atmosphere of of a of a King's Cup clash in Spain against the team that Barcelona hates the fucking most, right? Real Madrid and Cristiano Ronaldo was just on a tear. I have never seen an athlete get so much hate as Cristiano that night. And look, I'm a Cristiano fan. I love the guy. He's a top athlete. Holy fuck. But he's the enemy. He's the enemy, man. And Pepe. Do you guys remember the defender, Pepe? Yeah. So Pepe was guarding Messi the whole time. And, of course, he's a dirty fucking Portuguese defender. And being Portuguese in Spain, the entire stadium, assassin, murderer. (laughs) Just like, just, oh, my God. What would they say about Ramos, though, in in the Real shirt? Well, back then, Pepe was, I think, a bigger... But dude, the people are yelling fascist. Yeah. Uh, Like Nazi. Like the level of fucking hate is just too much. So uh, you guys, Mourinho, the whole the whole stadium. I remember the chant. It was like, "Sal del banquillo, Mourinho, sal del banquillo." Just taunting Mourinho to leave the bench so that they could throw shit at him. Oh my god, just too good. So help me out with something, guys, because you you guys are are bigger soccer aficionados than I am. Um. Real Madrid and Barca, El Clasico. How often do these teams hook up and, and, and play the Clasico? At least twice a year. Twice and a year, if they okay. ever see each other in the Champions League, then that's they, your extra then, one. And they do it again, yeah. right? Yeah. And every single time, whether it's you know playoffs, regular season, or a friendly or whatever, it, it's El Clasico every time. Yeah. El Clasico, okay. yeah. So two, maybe three times a year. Two guaranteed, two guaranteed. Inst- okay. uh, fixtures in La Liga. Uh, they are the two best teams in Spain, so in the Cup. So how it happens is every European league has a... Has a league where the winner is whoever has the most points mm-hmm. after they face everybody mm-hmm. and then they have a cup the cup is the knockout fixture so they have a knockout tournament and they have a league Belly, yeah. tournament yeah 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 uh, not like the NBA which is a combination the NBA right. has both right yeah yeah, yeah i get it so that's the difference they'll meet in the cup uh, in the kings cup they'll meet in the liga and then sometimes now they're meeting in the UEFA Champions League. That's crazy. But man. the unfortunate thing is, in the history of the game, we've never seen the El Clasico in the Champions League. It came. It came. In the s- final, you mean? Yeah, in the final. Because there's been semi. In the final. Yeah, in the final. In the Champions League, I know that. Yeah, but they're not in the final. Right, right, yeah. Right, okay, cool. For all the marbles. But like them, that, that has, has would that be n- the grandest. Has that never ever happened before? It's ne- the El Clasico has never happened in the Champions League final. Wow. And that would be the grandest yeah, that would, thing that would that be like could the greatest thing of all. Yeah, because wow. they would they would have to. The Champions League is usually in a neutral. So what would the level be like for that game? Times whatever it is already times it by five. So so RC for you like your personal favorite rivalry and what you view as as the best rivalry are, are one and the same. This one is 
the biggest rivalry in sports that I've witnessed. It's obviously rings close to home because mm-hmm. of the personal ties. Yeah, yeah. But I have one that I think is tighter. But I'll let you guys hit me with one of yours first. Well, you know, you know before we move on to that, KTC and I were talking about it off wax, where, where this is the only rivalry that we can think of that has its own nickname, El Clasico. Like, yeah. no other rivalry that I can even think of has its own nickname. It's, like, it's always, you know, so-and-so versus so-and-so. But doesn't have like an actual fucking name, yeah. right? So that's pretty dope, man. I, we definitely talked about that one. We knew that was going to be high on the list. KTC, what you got, brother? <laughs> man, I mentioned it to you before, and I knew you and yeah. I would have a very, yeah. very similar option. And I'm going to say the El Clasico. Yeah. Because going back to headlines, like, damn, every time you say El Clasico for the last seven years, you thought Ronaldo versus Messi. Messi. Yeah, absolutely. And before that, you had Ronaldinho versus Sudan. pretty much, yeah, and like the Netherlands um, national team that <laughs> Real once had as well. Yeah. I mean, these headlines went before the two greats, but yeah, like you said, the world does stop. Like, I'm assuming at least 30% of the world tunes into that game. No other sporting event can really say that. Like, this yeah. is the biggest rivalry in sports. Yeah. And it's just facts. And the level of competition is so high. Yeah. Like, this is... There will be more talent, and it'll be nicer football to watch than the final of the World Cup. And, and it's hard to explain that to somebody. Like, I, we, we just had the El Clasico just a week yeah, and a half week ago, week. and it... It was a good game for Barca fans especially, yeah. but it's almost sad seeing because that was the first time in a long time without, you didn't see the two stars on either side. Yeah, and you know what, CR this, is, this is what you can expect now for the next little while. And everybody now, even Barca fans, I can say, wow, like I kind of miss missing Ronaldo yes. on the other side. That's even why, Barca fans can say that. That's why it's a, it's a great rivalry. Yeah, because th- there's respect. You miss the opponent. You hate you hate that guy, but now that he's gone, it's like, ah, <sighs> I miss seeing CR7 exactly, in that white shirt. because he made it. Man, I saw, okay, so the game I saw was a 2-2. One goal by Benzema, one goal by Ronaldo, one goal by Pedro, one goal by Dani Alves. Messi yeah. didn't, didn't score that game. But the goal Ronaldo scored, man, it just silenced the entire stadium, right? And I was kind of laughing because, like, I was just happy to be there, right? Like, if, if they lost, I was just happy. I was having a blast. So when Ronaldo scored... Did you scored, have a scarf? Yeah. Hell oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I'll, I'll post the picture on SM604 just so you guys see a younger RC at the camp now. <laughs> we'll do that, actually. <laughs> I had a feeling you guys were going to go with the same best rapper. And, and, you know, I can't dispute it. Like, that is... It's called El Clasico for a reason, and you know I'm not I'm not the biggest um, football fan in the world, but even I w- will tune in to see parts of, of, of those games. So, yeah, that's a good one. Obviously, mine is not that. Um, you Who know, you got? Who you got? Well, KTC knows what I got, and Raul, you can probably guess. Um, I think there have been some some unbelievable rivalries over over the years. I have a bunch of different ones for um for different reasons right and i know i talked about the narrative um but the one um the one that kind of hits home for me the most not my favorite rivalry you know because that to me would probably be like you know a canucks or something like that, that they're tied into but the one that kind of hits home closest for me is because i'm such a huge basketball fan i cannot deny what is the Lakers and Celtics clash rivalry over the course of many decades now? Um, it, to me, it's 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 one of those things where, especially even more if you're a fan of those teams, which you know I, I'm, you know I've got the Raptors are my team, but but 
you always want to see the Lakers and Celtics doing well. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. just one of those teams you always want to see them playing well. You know, you you just want that. You know, unless you're you know, unless you're like a hater and what that's fine. But but for me personally, I always want to see those two teams going at it and being strong in the league because the rivalry goes back decades, man. Like, Way before we're born. Like your like your your fucking grandfather could have his own personal Lakers Celtics rivalry that he's the into. Bill Russell. Your jersey. dad, yeah, like <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Like the the Russell era. Your your dad could have you know the the Showtime Magic versus Bird era, and then you had a, a little mini rivalry again with with Kobe and, um, and, and, and with Paul Pierce, like the you know the so the so called original Big Three. With uh, with Pierce, KG, and Ray Allen going up against Kobe and Pau Gasol, and they kind of reunited that. They, I think they met up in the finals twice. Twice it, and they tight, split. Twice and they split. That's right. And so it's one of those things where it, it's it's a rivalry that has renewed itself time and time again over you know the annals of time. It, it and, to, and if you go back and you watch the storylines that were going on in the older series, you know that we weren't even alive for. You'll you'll realize how crazy it was, man. Like I, like they've got ESPN 30 for 30s on it. I'm watching uh, I'm watching this ESPN documentary right now called Basketball: A Love Story, which is like a 20 hour, 10 part documentary. And they spent they nice. spend uh, they spend a couple of segments talking about about um, the Lakers Celtics rivalry. And to me, it was such a contrast of styles. You know, you've got the Showtime Lakers, the with, lights, right? Yeah, the, sh- the, the flashy all, all, guys, all, all the lights, and and Magic with that million dollar smile, and he played like he had a million dollar smile. You know, behind the back passes, and it's Showtime, right? Like the, it's not in LA. It's not just about winning. It's how you win. The, and they, the style, and they, and the they, West Coast and, style, and they completely embodied that. Not to mention, you got like fucking stunners like James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like you, you, you had um, Byron Scott on a couple of like you've got really really good players, and then you contrast that with the grit and the grind and the griminess of the Boston Celtics in the '80s with you know Larry Bird, like your everyman who could shoot from the other side of the gym though, right? And then you got um, uh, you you had all these guys in it, man. Like it was just so fueled, you know. Yeah. And, and they met like eight, nine times or something like that. You know, the Celtics kind of got the best of them early. The Lakers kind of got the best of them late. And I think between them in the 80s, those two teams captured like eight of the 10 titles in that decade. Like it's something crazy like that, you know? So to me, the Lakers-Celtics rivalry, you know, is, is one of the best. Um, there are other ones, though, and I'm, I'm going to kind of segue into ones that I think go back to that narrative that I keep touching on. Things that were culturally significant that you know transcended the sport the one that stands out for me um the most i'm such a big boxing fan was was ali and fraser yeah. they went at it three times um you know and they the championship belts were on the line and this is during this is during all the time when there was still a whole bunch of racial and social issues going mm-hmm. on ali stood vietnam. up yeah. Yeah, uh, vietnam ali stood up for what he believed in like that that rivalry was insane and the fights themselves like i've gone back on youtube and and watched the full fights of those right like round one to the end of each of those fights and it's it's unbelievable man like just you can you can just see that everybody tuned in and everybody the thing about that one and that that was on my list of biggest rivalries i I figured it might be i figured it Um, might be muhammad ali after a three and a half year 
um, forced um, retirement from boxing due yeah. to his, uh, you know, refusal to be drafted into the U.S. Army, going and fighting Smoking Joe Frazier. The, Smoking Joe. The bobbin and weaving brawler, man. Like, this guy had... Muhammad Ali was a quick, fast, Olympic, score points, move, never touch me kind of guy. Joe was, all right, man, I'm going to move my head back and forth until I'm in the pocket and I'm a slugger. I'm going to slug this one out. First match, Ali coming back, Joe had it. Joe was in just the better shape. Muhammad Ali was doubted after that. They they thought he was done. Then Joe Frazier went on to get knocked out by George Foreman. Yeah. Then, then we all know what happened. back again, right? Rumble yeah. in the jungle. Absolutely. And and Ali got his, be- his belt back. Yeah. You know, legitimized himself as the greatest of all time, in my opinion, after that fight. Uh, but at least and the greatest of fought. his time at the time, right? Joe yeah. Frazier twice after that. Twice more, yeah. Okay. He did, well, they didn't, he didn't fight Frazier for the first time until after he got back from his, his four-year you know, yep. lockout, so to speak, right? So they fought 71, 74, and 75. That's correct. The last one. 73. 71, 73, and 75. In there. Yeah. The, the last one. Went 14 rounds. Mm. Joe Frazier quit on the stool. Yeah. And Muhammad Ali said that he had never seen death so close as in that fight. Yeah, that's unreal. And he wasn't going to fucking quit. He didn't quit. But those two guys pushed themselves. Uh, I saw a, a documentary about everybody. It's called Fighting Ali. And it interviews, you know, in the 2000s, all of Ali's ex-opponents. And what's hilarious is they all kind of close circle and, and and bring back to like, okay, Muhammad was ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. He pushed us all, but he was just promoting. And thanks to him, I have my house. Thanks to him, my kids, you know, They owe him everything. Everybody except Joe Frazier. Yeah. Because Joe Frazier fucking hated him the you entire what? way. But not the entire way. And that's, that, that's what I think fuels that rivalry so much. These guys were friends before before they ever fought yes right like they were really close friends right like when ali um when ali had the whole thing where he got disbarred basically from from fighting for four years because of his standing up frazier would ask ali like do you need any money do you need any help like they were really close friends and respect each other greatly but ali and this is one of those things where you know love him or hate him but you have to recognize this part of Ali's history was the psychological warfare that he would that he would inflict upon you before your fight. Now, Ali made a choice. He's like, look, Frazier's my friend, but I have to win this fight. Yeah. And so what Ali did was started playing the psychological advantage of he would speak out against, you know, black rights and social activism. And Joe Frazier, for whatever reason, would stay quiet. Now, Ali would go into the media and openly call out Frazier as basically being a patsy yeah. for not speaking on these issues and, and shying away from it and it infuriated Frazier and that was what turned them from friends to foes and made the just added more fuel to the attention of why people wanted to tune in and see this right like they, it, it was an amazing rivalry that that went went over the course of the 70s there so that one definitely definitely sticks out um, and you know race and social issues plays into it big time another one that i'm not as quite as well versed on but i know i recognize its place in history where social and political and cultural issues played into it was um 
the rugby, South Africa, yeah, right? New, yeah, New Zealand and South Africa. And I'm just reading up on it here because because everyone knows about the whole apartheid issue and, and and all that stuff. But like that game carried like political significance. Like that game had major consequences on on the on the discourse of a country. Yeah. Like how how do you fucking like how do you how do you put that into into you know perspective right you got a rugby match being played in the middle of a, you know the post-apartheid era and, and, and like this is like for the first time a for joint the, black the, and a white joint, south africa yeah a joint the springboks uh, the springboks right so that game just the attention it carried i think was crazy and i, I can't remember what year that was on that the was, note of rugby though anybody listening out there for the um vancouver sevens next march yes your boys from sm604 will be attending we so we'll be there Please, if you guys want to dress fancy with us, stay tuned. We will be. Yeah, there. yeah, we'll talk about that because we're gonna we'll we'll do something proper. This, I'm, this I'm time. glad you you mentioned the the rugby matchup, man, because one thing about rugby that that doesn't other sports don't have it's a it's quite the gentleman's game. So yeah, yeah. these no, guys will yeah. hate the they will fight till the to the fucking death, but they will not. Uh, violate the gentleman turns of sports and I love rugby for that they you know it, it's truly a game played by you know savagely by gentlemen yeah and nobody gets injured nobody. nobody everybody just helps each other after a game and shake each other's hand good game out there another rivalry man that I'm gonna mention that fucking just I think if you guys like motorsports Alain Prost and Ayrton Senna. Oh in the yeah! Early 90s. I saw that movie. You guys watched that documentary, Senna. Yeah. Senna, the true racer, man. Dude, that was fucking wild when when I was watching some of that stuff. Like these guys didn't care if they killed each other out there. Straight up. Like it was, I it was, I was blown away when I saw the length to which these drivers would go to. It, it's just unbelievable, man. The yeah, watch Senna for anybody. Where you have seen to that. be. To be willing to leave your life on the line to beat someone else. I, you know, few sports offer you that. Ayrton Senna and Elaine Prost, both of those guys were ready to fucking die. Yeah. And they they were both in McLaren. They were both eventually in Ferrari, not at the same time. Car, different car technologies, different budget, different sponsors, teams. Because racing is also a team sport. And if the team is doing well, they don't give a fuck if you want to be a better... No, no, no. Team first. No, fuck no. Racing first. And <laughs> yeah. Senna, dude, he's a true racer. Absolutely. So that's one. And before we, we wrap this all up, well, I got a on the more. note of, of boxing, my favorite rivalry in sports is the entire country of Mexico against the Mexicutioner Manny Pacman yeah. Pacquiao. <laughs> yeah. Many have tried, Holy many have fuck. failed. Manny Pacquiao dedicated a good ten years to destroying every lightweight Mexican, Mexican <laughs> legend. Okay, <laughs> he beat Barrera, he beat Morales, he beat Marquez. Marquez came back and got Marquez his revenge back later and, on. Though, and but that is the highlight of that rivalry. That knockout. Oh wow! Well, the four fights. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. In four, four fights, fights yeah. Marquez Pacquiao, Juan Manuel Dinamita. That's his nickname. Is Dynamite Marquez. It took him four fucking fights to knock him out. Yeah. The first one was a draw. The second one was a split. 
The third one was a majority. Yeah. And the last and one was Marquez a final just knockout. Took care of business, and Marcus yeah. left lightweight to chase him up in weight. Because Manny Pacquiao left that division, started fighting. They were both chasing the money fight against Money Mayweather. Marcus only went up in weight to chase Pacquiao. Yeah. And eventually got his revenge. So that is my favorite rivalry in sports. Manny Pacquiao against Mexico. Absolutely. I the one um it, it, it's really two rivalries um but with with one of the teams is central and to me it plays on my on my patriotic side. I'm a proud Canadian. Um over the course uh, of the years in in, ho- in hockey, uh two rivalries with Canada that stand out for me are Canada USA and Canada Russia. Um for very different reasons. You know, obviously Canada Russia predates the three of us and really kind of started up in that 1972 summit series um, where Canada came back from down it was an eight game series which is weird but it was an eight game series Canada was down to the Soviet red machine which is what they were called back then in the 70s they were down three games that Russia Soviet Union had won one game that Canada had won and there was one draw so the Soviets were up three one and one Canada came back to win three games in a row to take that Summit Series four to three to one, and I think you know a lot of um, people in the generation before us, especially Canadians, right? Like you know, if, if you're Canadian, you're listening to this, and you're you're a hockey fan. Chances are your mom or your dad or both were were listening to this or watching this when Paul Henderson scored that goal in the eighth game to give oh. Canada the victory. Oh, Canada! That Summit Series really was the launching pad for what has become the Canada-Russia rivalry over the decades in, in the Olympics and, and whatnot. So that um, really stands its place in time, in, in, in especially in Canada where hockey is near and dear. And then obviously more um, more recently, I, you know, last 20 years or so, the Canada-USA rivalry has really sort of become the rivalry in hockey, uh, in the hockey world. Yeah. Even to yeah, the yeah. Americans, like the, the, the rivalry with Canada is the rivalry and you know obviously you know canada and usa we, we share a border culturally uh there's a lot of um you know similarities between us even though you know people that live in live in canada and live in the states know that you know there are some parts of our countries that couldn't be farther apart from each other yeah. but to the eyes of the world we're both westernized uh, english is the majority language um a lot of a lot of the operations of the country like you know the, the you know the the optics are the same right we're very similar type of cultures I think in even in the eyes of the Americans, there's probably no greater rivalry than with Canada and hockey. I mean, maybe in other sports there could be some other ones, but USA dominates in most other sports. Yeah, right. But they can't get over a hump in hockey. But in hockey, like Canada has always been there and will always be there. So I, I really feel like if there is a Canadian-American rivalry in sports, you have to look to hockey because anywhere mm-hmm. else, America's just going to dominate. So, and so over the years, I mean, and obviously the one that probably sticks out to all of the, the, the people in our generation is the, the 2010 Olympic gold medal game, which was played right here in the Please. 604. Hashtag SM604. Please, everybody, listen. Telling, tell us your memory of that 2010 oh, golden yeah. goal. Yeah, yeah. Where were you? How you lived it? How you screamed it? You, we all hit the streets. Yeah, that is yeah. my one of the wildest. Everybody hit the streets. Everybody. Didn't I have matter. a Vancouver. Yeah, from coast to coast to coast, it didn't matter if you were in <laughs> fucking Newfoundland or Nunavut or Vancouver Island. You hit the streets. 
after that game. It was. I just remember like I w- I was in a Japanese restaurant. I was in Ibisu on Robson for this game with two of my that's good really friends. Weird, that's a really weird. Really place weird. To but be I there. was late. We were all late. I met up with two friends. We were all late, and the only place that had seats was freaking Ibisu, Ibisu on, Robson. on Robson. I'm surprised even they had seats. So we went in there. We watched the game. I remember seeing the TV and the streets. It showed the streets of Vancouver yeah. from an aerial view. Yeah, yeah. Dead. Dead, yeah. Not a single person. No, no, nobody. Nobody's out there, bro. Nobody. Yeah, I remember seeing that. And then too. when Crosby scored that golden goal, yeah, I just remember like we just gotta get out of there. It's like no, we gotta pay first. We paid our pill and we ran out there, and the ran. streets were packed. Ran. I was at the Pit Pub in UBC. No way. That's a cool place to be. With my red Canada jersey with number eighty-seven on the back. Nice. And when that he, I think he had a pretty shit Olympics until that point. Yeah, he really did. He <laughs> well, really, he, he, he really did. He wasn't, he wasn't, uh, you know, like the leading scorer or anything by any means. And and um, I think he had five points in the tournament, but there were I, five. Like, I, I remember Jonathan Taze and yeah. Rick Nash getting a lot of love yeah. in that in yeah. that tournament. And Drew Dowdy and uh, and Corey Perry where it was playing really well too. Yeah. And Luongo. Yeah, Luong Gold. Yeah, Luong Gold. Yeah, <laughs> I um. So I was I was all the way out in uh, in Surrey. Uh, at my aunt's house watching it with you know a bunch of family and and one of my close buddies aj and the minute like the minute that the goal went in we like quickly celebrated for a second with my family and we hopped in the car and be like bro i don't know where we're going but we're going straight we're, we're going straight downtown and we'll figure it out when we get there so like literally it, the, the goal went in we just lost our minds for a, uh, for a hot second and we hopped in the car I think we stopped at a liquor store to grab some some beer, and then we just kept motoring straight downtown. And I remember when we got there, we're like, "There's nowhere to go. There's people everywhere." Yeah. And I, my buddy's he's like, "Where to park?" I'm like, "Man, just just pull over. Yeah. Just pull nobody's over." Nobody's getting a ticket. Like, today. Nobody's yeah. getting a ticket, man. Like, and, and and lo and behold, we didn't. And so we just parked the car wherever we had a spot, left it, locked it up, and and we just jumped into the largest ocean of people. I have ever seen and probably ever will see in my a a sea of red it was unbelievable and 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 it was all happy it was it it was the exact opposite of Vancouver 2011 oh yeah yeah. and it's funny and it's funny how those (laughs) things were literally less than a year and a half the knocks and the fucking Bruins whatever man the amount of SM604 hashtag SM604 sea of red share with us your story how you live that fucking yeah, epic you, gold medal victory. If you have pictures of that day or if you have any specific memories, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Share them with us. We'd love to hear it. Share the pictures. Because I, I remember, I, I just remember being in the largest crowd of people I've ever been in ever. And every single person, it was like the greatest day of their life. I think the amount of times any of us sang Oh Canada that night was <laughs> like in the hundreds. Oh, for sure. Had yeah. to be. Had to be. It, 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 yeah, so do you want to talk about rivalries? Like that one, obviously, probably hits closer than than any of them for us. And and I think that's a, that that's probably a good way to wrap up the rivalry segment, man. Because that was just being in there was was one of the absolute coolest moments of my entire life. Yeah, and it'll probably stand up there for a long time, unless the Canucks or the Raptors, you know, win a championship. <laughs> so interesting, so. <laughs> interesting fact about my uh, 2010 Olympic experience. Uh, I was working for. Uh, as you guys know, I, I manage a transportation company, and we got a request from uh, Washington, D.C. to charter out our, our uh, vehicles. They needed three drivers, three vehicles, 24 hours of the day, high security clearance. No other detail needed. Give us the quote. They didn't even negotiate the price. Yeah. We show up. Of course they didn't. Um, you, you, we get to the airport. Okay, this way, please. Lo and behold, 
Air Force fucking one. No Your way. boy got to go to every <laughs> single U.S. site. Nice. U.S. home, U.S. competition for the first three days of the Olympics. I was driving around no other than Never Say No Joe, Joe Biden. No wow. way. <laughs> there we are, just ha- looking after Joe. Eh? I was looking after our fucking, com- you know, our, our, our neighbor to the south. So so Joe's, Joe's well-being was in your hands. <laughs> to, a, to an extent, yeah. I have wow. never worked so hard in my fucking life. The Secret Service, holy shit, man. Like, like they're, they're demanding or? They don't tell you fuck all. Oh, really? <laughs> it's like, turn on the vehicle. Where, when are we turn on the vehicle? They're pros, man. They don't. They. It's a need to know basis, man. I was idling at the hotel Vancouver from like six a.m. to ten a.m. until he came out. No like the way. vehicle's going, it's idling. You but don't that, know. But that's their instruction. That be ready to be ready for departure. It was a twenty-three car motorcade, man. I was number twenty-one. And, and was Biden in your car? Um, no, Biden was in what they call the Beast. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. But. Um, our three vehicles had. By the way, like, hashtag SM604. This is content you're not going to hear anywhere else. Man. Like you were, you were in Joe Biden's 23 car fucking motorcade. Yeah, with like, Canadian where have you ever Secret heard that Service, before, U.S. Secret Service. I had white staff, press, and staff. My co- my colleague had Joe Biden's family, and the other uh, guy that was with us had the doctor and like. Secret Service had their own shit. It was fucking whack. I actually had the best job I had and will ever had during those two weeks as well. I worked at the Molson Canadian Hockey House. I started off as a caterer. But then I got became a server midway through it, and nice. that was the um, nice. that was the place where all the players and the family go to so after the game, right? Yeah. So uh, the first serving, this first serving shift that I had, I served Team Canada on the Sunday that they lost to the USA in the preliminary. And I remember I talked to Corey Perry, and the guy the guy eats like a beast, but he was the nicest person on that entire roster because. Every time I saw him too, he was a f- he was always the last person to to leave when he was giving signatures out. But I had a conversation with him, and I just remember this guy. It's super positive still. He's like, you know what? Nobody got eliminated today. We're gonna see him again. And I will remember what he said to me vividly. And that's he kind of taught me something about competitorship that day too. Mm. But man, that was amazing job I had that's during the, those two weeks. Super super dope, man. That's actually really cool. Yeah. I, funny enough, I served Team Czech too when after the game they played against in Russia. And I talked to Yamir Yager. I don't know if you guys remember, but he got leveled by Ovi during the game. And he was like, man, I'm in a lot of pain right now. <laughs> him and I kind of chatted and I got him to sign my uh, staff tag. Nice. <laughs> well, listen, I, I think on that note, that I can't think of a better way to, to wrap that up. Amazing time. Sports and more from the 604. Hashtag Vancouver 2010. Hashtag SM604. Hashtag rivalries. I don't know why I'm saying hashtag out loud, but fuck it, man. It's my, it's our show. We're going to fucking have some fun. We're going to do it. That was so dope, man. The I, I wanted to go watch YouTube clips of all these rivalries now. Yeah. So, you know what? Mr. RC signing off. Peace. Mr. KTC. It's been a blast. And I'm DB. We'll catch y'all next week. See you at 13. Peace.